0: Well, good morning. Am I on? All right. What a beautiful rain we had last night. Lots of lightning, makes the grass green so we can mow it some more. And uh, how many of you have a garden that looks like this? Sissy, you don't have a garden. Are you claiming mine? (laughs) But it's good to be here and to be able to share the word with you this morning. I'd like to have you turn to Matthew 13. Who doesn't have a Bible that needs a Bible? Hold your hand up and Dan will bring one to you. Anybody? Matthew 13 is on page 740 of the Bible that Dan is distributing. Today we're going to talk about one parable and that's a parable of the sower. For years When I read this, I was only thinking in the natural. You plant seed, it grows, and it produces. But today we're going to look at what it is in the spiritual realm as well as the natural. Matthew 13, verse 1, On that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the crowd, the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, consider the sower who went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell along the path and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on rocky ground where there wasn't much soil and they sprang up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up and they were scorched and since they did not have root, they withered. Others fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them. Still others fell on good ground and produced a crop, some 100, some 60, some 30 that was sown. Starting verse 18, Matthew 13, 18. This is what Jesus says the parable means. You then listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away that what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path and the one sown on rocky ground. This is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself but is short-lived. When pressure or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word but the worries of this age and the seduction of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on the good ground, this is one who hears and understands the word, who does bear fruit and yield some 100, some 60, and some 30 that was sown. I believe it was Dan who alluded to the fact that there's a group of people going to the DR. And uh, anybody's going to the DR, will you stand up? So, so they know who you are, and be able to pray for you while you're there. Okay, you got one missing. No, nope. it's easy working. Okay, all right. Thank you. So these are ones going to DR, and I don't know when you're going. July, August, end of July. And they're going to be planting some seed over there. I don't know if you're going to be doing any gardening or not but I know that you're gonna be planting the Word of God, the seed which is the Word of God. And you know, probably not in your lifetime, maybe, but possibly, you'll never see the results of the seed that you sow over there. But we have to remember that when we sow the seed, the Word of God, it never comes back void. And it always serves the purpose for which it was sent. And so we just encourage them, you know, to do that, to be brave. And uh, I know that, you know, just from sharing the other night with you guys that, uh, you know, you're nervous about it. Different culture. Some of you have been there before, but it's still a different culture, different language, different part of the world. But just be brave. I encourage you to do that. You know, when a farmer plants a seed, he expects it to grow. He expects to get a harvest out of it. And so just as on the front of this bulletin, this person expects to receive something from this garden that he has planted or she has planted. I shouldn't limit that just to men because women do gardens too. Now, I don't do many flowers. My theory is if you can't eat it, why plant it? Okay, But I do plant some flowers around the front of the house. And they looked very nice this year. Usually, they, a little. But what I had to do with that soil, I had to remove. Am I ringing? I can hear an echo. You always hear an echo here. Okay. All right. But uh, I I took that soil out of those flower beds, about six inches, and I put different soil in. And what a difference that made! You know, it really made a difference in how those flowers took a hold. Now, one part of that, deliberately, I did not do. And those flowers look just as bad this year, some of them, as they have in the past. So I need to go in and take that out also. When we plant the word of God, or the seed, we are expecting something to happen. Now, we have to remember that we plant it. Paul says, we plant it, Somebody else waters it. But God gives the increase. God gives the increase. It is only our responsibility to plant that seed in a person. And so that's our responsibility. I read a story one time, and it was I'm taking that it was true. In Africa someplace, they had huge piles of elephant dung, and yet... In their fields, their crops were terrible. They didn't know what to do with that dung. They didn't know enough to work it back into the soil until a group of missionaries went there and showed them how they could rebuild the soil by working this into what they were going to plant into. Maybe they thought it was taboo. Maybe they thought they shouldn't do that. But, you know, sometimes in our lives, we get, you know, big piles of stuff in our life that that get in our way. But if we keep the word of God, that seed, if we keep that utmost, it'll always produce something. It'll produce what it's supposed to. You know, today we have all kinds of resources. But unless we are taught, we remain in darkness. But resources are available to us. Your pastors, uh, your neighbors, your friends, your family, these are all resources people that are in darkness most of the time will be drawn toward the light and that's our opportunity to plant that seed in their lives remember that light cannot overcome or darkness cannot overcome light if this place was completely black and you lit one little candle after a while your eyes would adjust and you would be able to see several things that otherwise you could not see. So we need to keep planting that seed, no matter how small it is. How many here has ever planted carrots? (laughs) Yeah, tiny little bee seeds, aren't they? Yeah. And what do you do with carrots? You thin them. Well, I didn't this year, so they're kind of thick. Beets are the same way, they're hard to plant. I remember my grandmother when she planted beets. She planted one at a time on her hands and knees. Not me. I just string them down through there, and uh, I have a double row of beets that are about that tall. and It looks like it's thick enough for hair on a dog's back, but they will produce because I will go in and thin them after a while as gardeners and as believers we need to know the importance of sowing the seed if we don't sow it nothing is going to happen absolutely nothing this has been an excellent year for the garden this is going to be an excellent year for the sowing of the seed in the body of Christ and we need to be determined to do that We need to know that that is our responsibility. Just as you would plant a garden in the natural, you take care of it. If you don't, everything comes in, the weeds and the thorns and the thistles, and it chokes everything out. It just grabs a hold of it. Now, if you wait too long to pull the weeds, you pull everything out. So after about August the 10th, in my garden, you will see the weeds starting to grow because they've kind of gotten away a little bit. The enthusiasm of going out every day and pulling weeds has gone away somewhat. So I don't go out and pull these big weeds because everything else has come out. Certain crops, cucumbers, squash. You don't pull those big weeds next to the plant because everything's going to be gone. But if we don't plant the seed, it cannot grow. Sometimes we have to water the seed. Then we have to go back and we have to rewater. Now in the spiritual realm, the rewatering of the seed, and we're looking at this, how do we, how do we discipleship people? How do we do that? That is, you've water the seed when somebody comes forward and gets saved. but how do we keep that person? So that they can also plant seeds in somebody's lives. We need to revisit that and rewater that seed. And we're going to do it through discipleship. And I think my understanding is that we are going to be trying to do that. And so that's a good thing. Because if we don't, that person is not going to possibly die. Physically, but spiritually, that seed will die and it won't grow. If our hearts don't understand the word of God, the devil will take away the word from our hearts. And there's things in our lives that we can, that we can visit, like reading the word, talking to somebody else about things of God. We can visit that, those areas. And so it's important that we do that. The parable of the sower teaches us the importance of the condition of our hearts for the word of God to bear fruit in our lives. Our hearts need to be right. Our hearts can't be bitter. They can't be hard. Just like soil in the natural. If the soil is hard, and I have some hard soil, not near as hard as they have in Archibald, though, I'll tell you that. If I had to restart my garden in Archibald, I'd be at a complete loss. I'd go find a place over in Ataki someplace to rent a piece of ground to plant my garden. Because I don't have enough time in my lifetime to develop a piece of clay. But we need to bear that fruit in our lives. Our hearts have to be right. And if they become hard, then we become, sometimes we become bitter. You know, we might think, well, they're not treating us right. They're not doing this for us. Well, what are we doing for ourselves, the Word of God? And that's where discipleship comes in. We need to be taught what we can do to continue to water that seed that was planted. In gardening, and just like in the spiritual realm, the condition of the soil, which is our heart, is everything. It's absolutely everything. Years ago, they planted... And some of you any farmers in here I don't know if there is or not but uh, they planted corn after corn after corn after corn and pretty soon that soil became so depleted that it couldn't raise good corn and it wouldn't raise anything else so those soils had to be built back up and so we need to to kind of know what we need to do we need to pray talk to people figure out what uh, needs to go on in our lives and also in theirs. I do know one thing in the natural, that if you put herbicide on the ground and you try to plant seed on that ground, it will not work. Now once the plant is up, you can put the herbicide on. How many here know what herbicide is? It's just a weed killer. We have to be very careful with that stuff. But there's certain things that we can't, you know, you just can't put that on first. And we can't expect a new believer to do things that they are not capable of without some teaching. They need to be taught. But I do know that herbicide on before you plant carrot seed will not work. If our hearts are like stony ground, we may receive the word of God with joy and be really happy about it. But we will not endure long because we cannot endure trials, tribulations, and we will fall away. <coughs> so it's, it all comes back to discipleship. Making disciples of people and getting them strong in the word of God. So that they will know where to go in here to be able to endure things that happen in their lives. It could be financial problems. It could be family problems. It could be, you know, a number of things. But we have to have that strength in our lives to be able to endure what happens. Seed that falls on stony ground will not endure the heat of the day or the lack of moisture. Or, in our case, the teaching of the Word of God. We can get saved, but if we're not continually taught the Word of God, we can't endure That seed will not grow. I'm going to turn to... and Dan doesn't have this scripture for the board. But uh, John 15, verse 2. I don't earmark them because that way it gives you a chance to look them up before I get there. John 15, verse 2. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, He removes, and He prunes every branch that produces fruit, so that it will produce more fruit. If you've ever dealt with fruit trees, you know that they need to be pruned. If they're just let go, they just come become like I call them bramble bushes. They just go all over the place, but they need to be pruned, and how does a person know how to prune a fruit tree? Well, it's either trial and error, or you get on the internet today, and they give you a really good picture of how you do this. And you go out and you look at this beautiful apple tree that has all these branches, and they're telling you to get rid of 85% of all this stuff that you're looking at, and you're thinking, well, that surely will kill it. But it won't. You'll prune it back so that the nutrients go back to the stem or back to the root, which is Christ Jesus, and then he can put forth new shoots on that. And it's the same way in our lives. We need to prune things out of our lives that are not conductive or worthwhile that we are doing in order to continue to be in the Word of God and to do those things that God would have us do. To ensure fruit production, growers know they have to prune trees and plants. You ever go by a big apple orchard? You see these machines out there hovering over the top of them, chopping the tops out, keeping them low. That's to keep the nutrients down into where it belongs. Maybe that's how we should be. Maybe that's what God should do to us. Just ho- hover over us and keep us pruned down so we can't wander away. But we have a free will and so we are allowed to do that. But we just, need to, we just need to prune in our lives the things that we need to do. Girls learn how to prune fruit trees by studying which branches need to be cut off. I remember I had an apple tree one time. And it was like, I butchered this thing. So I thought. But I really didn't. it done very well, but only two years after that, I cut it down because I was tired of working with it. But we can't do that. We can't do that as believers with fellow, with fellow human beings. We can't just say, all right, you're not worth it anymore. Cut you off at your knees. Our responsibility is, con- is to continue To plant the seed in people's lives. Sometimes they will receive it. Sometimes they will not. And so they're going to, you know, it's up to them whether they do or not. But we need to be gentle. We need to do it in love. And we need to be conscious of it every day. That there's somebody out there that we can talk to and help. It might be at a coffee shop. I go to the coffee shop every morning. And there's times when you know I get into some discussions, you know, that you know and not always uh, sometimes I'm a little coward. And but there's times when, when I can relate that to the spiritual realm, things that people are talking about. I can say this is what the word of God says. As we study the word of God. The Spirit of God will show us what needs to go from our lives. The Spirit of God will say, Okay, this needs to go, or this needs to go. But we will be shown, but we have to be in tune with the Word of God and with Christ. I work in my garden almost every day, don't I, dear? But I know that if I don't work out in that garden the seeds will very quickly take over. And then what will I have? I'll have tomatoes in cages that the weeds are taller than the tomatoes. And you can't pick tomatoes off of weeds. But as I said before, about August the 10th, I'm all done with that. Because I know pulling weeds at that point would not be beneficial to all the produce that's in that garden. And we need to be careful when we're talking to people that we aren't condemning them, that we aren't, I don't know if you call it, harassing them, but that we are always loving them, that we are lifting them up, that we always are pointing them to the things that God would have in their lives, the good things in life, the things that, that uh, will benefit out, benefit them. On the spiritual side, we need to keep the things out of our lives that cause damage. Because as believers, we are all sowers. If you are a believer, you are a sower of the word of God. You might think, well, I'm not worthy. I don't really do it. But you're sowing some kind of seed if you are a believer. You're sowing it on some kind of ground. You can choose to Make your heart hard, you know, and sow the seed and it doesn't work. But we need to sow that seed because it's not our responsibility to see to it that it grows in another person's heart. God will take care of that. As we walk out our daily lives, remember we are called. As a believer, you are called. It's not something that you applied for. You didn't make out an application. You are called by the Spirit of God to be a sore. It is an also, awesome responsibility that we as Christians need to take very seriously. Sometimes we wonder why a person stumbles and falls in the Christian walk. And I see this in my garden. I have a rose and you will see, maybe in a row, of my rows are 90 feet long, but you'll find that in there you might have a couple of tomato plants, or pepper plants, they just die. Same kind of soil, same kind of plant, same kind of care, but they die. And I think that, you know, that's how we can look at it spiritually, too. We can look at a, a, a row of people and we can say, boy, this one's not making it and this one's not making it. The same teaching, but it is the condition of our hearts that determine whether we move on in a spiritual walk with God. It's a condition of our hearts. I cut up, I planted, I'm trying to relate this to a spiritual thing here. Uh, I cut a tomato plant off the other day. Well, for you that do not know, a tomato plant, wherever it touches the ground, will take root. Okay. Now, this was a tomato plant about that tall, and I whacked it off about that far below the ground. And I thought, okay, I'm going to put that rascal back in the ground and see what happens. And it came back, and it's the stem of that tomato plant is twice as big in diameter as the rest of them. Why, I don't know. Maybe because of the hardship it had to go through to reroot. but it's beautiful. So, even though we see people that are failing, never give up on somebody that you don't see things going on in their lives that we or you should think is going on. You might think they're not growing fast enough in the spirit realm, but God will take that life and He will bring it back to completion. He knows where you are. He knows where other people are. But we as believers, we need to continue to encourage and plant seed every single day you're going to get out of there early today. But as we leave, leave here, as we leave here today, remember that God, what God has called you to do, remember what God has called you to do. He has called you to sow seed. Somebody sowed seed in my life. Somebody sowed seed in Doug's life, or he wouldn't be sitting here today, and I wouldn't be here today. So it is an awesome responsibility for each one of us to sow that seed and to just be diligent. We honor you, Father, for this time that we've had. Because, Father, without your love and without your steadfastness, we would be nothing in the sight of you. We thank you, Father, that, uh, that people have come. And, Father, that they are willing to plant that seed in somebody's life. And that seed, Father, that's been planted in our lives, Father, we would ask that you would uh, increase that, that you would just continue to uh, do in our lives what what you know needs to be done. And Father, if there be anything in our lives that we need to get rid of, Father, that uh, we ask you that you would take that out also. Thank you, Father, for each one that's here. Father, thank you for the good reports on the medical side this morning. And Father, just... Uh, again, thank you for each person that's here. And now may the peace of God and the freshness of the Holy Spirit rest in your thoughts. Rule in your dreams today and conquer all your fears. May God manifest himself today in ways you have never experienced. May your joys be fulfilled, your dreams be closer, and your prayers be answered. I pray that faith enters a new height for you. I pray for peace, healing, health. Happiness, prosperity, joy, true, and undying love for God. Amen. Now you can go and be the church.